Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Little Rock Games, a study in games podcast. I am Joe. I'm Brad. I'm Olivia. I'm Robbie. And I'm Tanner. And thanks so much for joining us this month. Uh, this uh, is our fifth season, sixth season. I can't even remember which I, I season. I think it's our eighth season. An eighth season. It's our eighth season, yes. according to Brad, who <laughs> That's I believe. That's what he said. Um, uh-uh. And this season, we are doing uh, something a little different. Uh, our theme is uh, pairs of games. And those pairs uh, are games that, in theory, take two hours or less to play. Um, and the idea here is that uh, for a couple of reasons we thought this would be interesting. Two hours is about the length of a movie, but it's also the length of the Steam refund window. And so we thought it'd be fun to explore games that um, took less than that amount of time and talk a little bit about some of the things that happened in that in that space. So um, with that in mind, uh, this month we're looking at two uh, kind of minimalist games. One's called Dorf Romantique developed and published by Tucana Interactive. And the other one is called Slipways, and it's developed and published by Beetlewing. Um, and so uh, why don't we just dive in with some initial thoughts? Somebody want to start? I really enjoyed uh, my time with them. I kind of had, um, I don't know, it f- filled, it, it scratched some of the same inches that like a Tetris uh, would fill in my mind, where I'm just sort of... Um, going with the flow. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I like Dorf Romantique um, quite a bit. Um, I, I liked both of them. Uh, I liked that Dorf Romantique really brought out all of the things that I love about Carcassonne without all of the things that I don't like about Carcassonne. So <laughs> all of the, the, uh, and that's partly because I think I've played with competitive people played Carcassonne with competitive people and uh but I liked being able to just build my own little city and um I kind of had the feeling that Joe maybe you had me a little bit in mind when you picked or or because uh, uh, you know you know that I like hexagon things and that I like building over time in that organic way and that really hit a lot of those pieces for me yes I always have you in mind Brad oh that see <laughs> that's why we do the podcast right there yep. Well, and just totally interesting sidebar, though, Brad actually designed a board game that um, is currently unpublished. Uh, What's the title again, Brad? It went right out of my head. Lineage 1434. 1434, yes, which um, has a kind of interesting, similar mechanic of map building in it. So I actually, after I started playing Dwarf Romantique, I thought about uh, Lineage. Me too. So. Uh, cool. Um, who else wants to say? Oh, actually, before we hear more opening thoughts, I guess I should quickly describe the two games. We we always almost always forget to do that. Um, so Dorf Romantique is a kind of minimalist city builder um, where you place hexes and then the hexes slowly assemble themselves into different elements of maybe a maybe city's too strong a word, somewhere between a village and a city. Um, it's kind yeah. of con- like countryside, really. Um, and then Slipways is like minimalist Stellaris in a way. It's like uh, you you explore and reveal planets and then you create trading routes between the planets. Um, there's no um, uh, military or kind of defensive stuff, but there's there's a lot of trading and connecting things in a puzzly way. So anyway, with that um, quick description, anybody else want to say a bit? Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed both of them. Like, 
both of them, I, I, I actually kept bouncing back and forth between the two of them as opposed to like playing one and then, then just playing the other one. Um, and yeah, I liked what Robbie said about it feeling like Tetris. I mean, in a lot of ways, in ways I wasn't expecting when I first like downloaded the games, I, they're way more puzzly than they are like, you know, strategy or, yep. you know, buildery. Um, but yeah, and, and Joe, you mentioned um, like them being sort of, both of you mentioned them just sort of being like pared down versions of these other experiences, like minimalist, Stellaris, minimalist, Carcassonne or whatever. Um, and I do feel like in different ways, um, in some ways they succeeded, in some ways they failed. And we can talk about that a little bit as we start comparing them in general. But um, as an overall game right at this moment, I feel like Duff Romantique was a more successful game. I like it. It felt like it it sort of did what it was aiming to do a little bit better than Slipways, but both of them are really excellent. They're trying to capture... They're sort of taking that, that's, you know... I think Slipways, um, one of the reasons I was really excited about it was because it, like, advertised itself as, oh, it's just the opening hour of Stellaris over and over again, right? And that's, <laughs> to me, that's the most fun part of Stellaris, right? Yeah. Like, I, so often, I will play for a couple hours and be like, man, now what? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, now we just sit here, like, cold war and staring at each other for, what, 80 hours? or And it's huge by that yeah. point, you know? Yeah, and it's totally unmanageable. And so usually I'll get to that point and then start over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because the whole... Um, and I, yeah, I feel like in some ways it succeeded, in some ways it failed, because I, I really wanted there to be just a little bit... I don't know. I feel like the pacing was a little bit weird. It didn't quite capture that, but it was still really, really fun and interesting because it was way more about the economy mechanics yeah. than it was about actually what makes the opening of Stellaris interesting to me. But yeah, anyway, I've talked for a while now, but no, that's totally fine. And I, a lot of what you guys are already saying is, is dead on with what I want to say as well, but I want to let, uh, let Tanner say something first if he so chooses. I, I do choose. Um, yeah, so I, I had kind of uh, uh, a surprising experience in that um, I expected Slipways to be the game that I really, really enjoyed and to be a little bit more lukewarm on Dwarf Romantic. Uh, but the longer I played both of them, uh, the further away from that expectation I got. Um, in the end, there was uh, I, Slipways left me feeling mostly frustrated every time I played it. <laughs> uh, and Dwarf Romantic was like a nice little chill break every time I played it. So uh, we can yeah. get into that more as we go. But uh, yeah. it was the opposite of what I was expecting um, in terms of my enjoyment on them. So Yeah, well, that's, that's so many interesting things. So I, um, <laughs> the, the more I played... Slipways. I I should have a graph or a spreadsheet. It's too bad we're only audio because then I could show spreadsheets. But um, <laughs> over so, time, this is how my exactly <laughs> like here's the curve of my enjoyment. Um, Three point one enjoyment points <laughs> exactly. at hour six. You know exactly. Along the y-axis is time. Along the x-axis shows um, hedonistic calculus. Right, but so when I started playing Dwarf Romantique, when I first dove into it, I found it beautiful and charming and I, I was mesmerized. And for the first hour and a half or so that I played it, probably my first couple of runs, I was like, this is so perfect. Um, but slowly that effect wore off for me. Um, and I, I think like folks have already said, 
there's, I think, more than one reason for that. But at least one reason is that the mechanical, it's so wide open and the, the, the kind of mechanics of development are so small. Like basically you just place one thing, like occasionally you get these sort of quests, but the quests basically mean how many, how many of something can you place or, you know, a specific number or more than a specific number. Um, and that like, I think I actually wanted more complex stuff to do with those tiles. Um, mm. But then what's interesting about, about slipways is I, I started out hating it. I was like, oh my God, this is, I, I was totally overwhelmed. I was like, I can't follow how many different planets I'm going to have to like pick which one is which, and I don't know what to do. And, but then I found like a good rhythm with it and I was loving it. But then by just before the podcast, I got to the point where I was like, there's this, I've exhausted my interest in basically like, like it, it, I, I know what it is now. It's like each one of these is going to be a puzzle and there's an optimal, it's always optimal, right? You, it feels like there's a lot of choice, but in fact, much like a puzzle, like a traditional puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle, you know, uh, slipways is it's an optimizing experience, right? So, um, so ne- once I figured that out and figured it out for like a run or two, I, I, I sort of lost interest. I was like, okay, I get it. I've seen this whole space now. And um, anyway, I, th- I think I'm sort of mixing in with what everybody else has already started to talk about, but. Yeah, it It is interesting. I mean, cause, 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 um, cause I, I'm trying to also think about it just because of the theme of, of the pot of the season, like how I feel about it um, in the first two hours of playing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the first two hours of playing Dolph Romantic, I feel like I saw everything it has to offer, right? Yeah. And that's fine. Like, it's a beautifully simplistic game. It's a fun little puzzle. Um, and it's just pretty, right? It's, yep. it's yeah. Um, there's stuff to unlock also in the game, like, for, you know, getting these pretty hard, some of them, challenges. You unlock different um, yep. different pieces. and But Biomes. mostly it's just, like, different, yeah, different, like, skins for them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes, yeah, so there's not a whole lot of progression. Like once you sort of figure out the puzzle, it's mostly just like how high can I get my score? And then it becomes really apparent that it's more once you sort of figure it out, it's really driven by sort of the RNG of where the things are stacked. In yep. The the thing, right? Yeah. The 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 deck, so to speak, the little tile deck. Yeah. Um, whereas in, in Slipways, I feel like after playing it for two hours, like I was just starting to sort of actually play the game. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I felt like I was just actually figuring out like what I should be doing, what the different, there's so many different, um, I really like the different factions and the different yeah. things they right. offered, but I feel like a, like in those, in those two hours, I barely got to experiment with different ones and really get a feel for like what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but also, um, but also, I felt like within a given game, I barely got to utilize any of yeah. it. Um, and the so technology tree as well. The te- the, yeah, that's partly what I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah, the tech tree and the and it was really interesting how like they're doing really cool stuff, right? So the tech trees are tied to different factions, and you have to. And there's also like sort of a another series of unlocks that you get for just doing things for the factions. Yeah. Um, yep. Anyway, but um, but my point is, is they definitely felt um, like yeah. So it, in a lot of ways, Slipways didn't feel like much of a uh, like a two hour game because I, I felt like I was I was just learning about it, right? So in yeah. terms of minimalism, like it just sits at sort of a weird place. 
No, totally. And I just checked and I, I played Dwarf Romantique for 92 minutes total and I played Slipways for 10 hours. So, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was a big difference. And, and, and it, I think like you, Olivia, I didn't, I had to cross a threshold before Slipways became any fun for me. Like I, 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 Dwarf Romantique was fun for me almost instantaneously. And yeah. uh, the first hour or more that I played Slipways, I kept, I would play it for like two minutes and then I would shut it off because I would, I didn't realize like some of the little helpful things you could do to make it easier to not get overwhelmed by like, Slipways. yeah, by the number of choices. Cause I would be like, well, I want to make this planet do this and this planet do this but then i'd start forgetting what that meant mm -hmm. and then i'd be like well what did i want that planet to do and then i would get overwhelmed yeah. and just shut it off and i was like but there are ways that they they design into it that i didn't realize that you can like tag planets and yeah then, the tutorial needs some work <laughs> yeah and i i actually want to talk a little bit about that because i i think that that was my probably my biggest level of uh, frustration or, or disappointment with slipways was that they have the tutorial, but it's not an active tutorial. So you have to remember everything that you did. Now, granted, you can quickly and easily go back and reference it with a little question button on the bottom, the help button. Yeah. But I, I had a, I don't know. It was, it was, it has so many small uh, moving little moving parts for such a simple game that you have to remember all of these little pieces. And when they throw all of that at you kind of at once without yeah. any kind of practical way of doing it, a, an active tutorial, I think would have been much more of a benefit for this game, um, especially for things like what you're talking about, Joe, with uh, being able to tag things. And, and uh, I, I don't think I even realized that I, I, I never got to that. Yeah. Uh, well, I got to use those. And it really, it raises for me a really kind of fascinating idea about um the the kind of risk of failure so in dwarf romantique i occasionally i would make a really bad choice with a tile but even if i did i would feel like eh, that's no big yeah. deal you know like i'll just i'll work around it um like sometimes i would totally have like a, a river and a like a railroad like crashing into each other and there's no tile that would ever like work again and i would think oh that sucks but it would like it wouldn't ruin the game for me i would just be like oh well but with with the problem for me, again, initially, especially with slipways, was that I, I wanted to optimize from the very first planet I picked. And so it, it really hit that kind of anxiety part of my brain where like, I felt like every choice had a lot of consequences and, and in not necessarily in like a fun, oh, you know, I have a lot of choice way, but in a like, if I make the wrong choice here, I'm going to lose out on a whole bunch of optimization. It, so. Yeah, also, yeah, there's, there, it's, it's, there is an undo in uh, Slipways, which I appreciated, but it was very limited. And yeah, because the main thing, and, and I see, I understand why it's like this, but the main thing is if you gained visibility on anything you didn't have before, you yeah. cannot undo that yep. action. And there's so many times when I would like accidentally <laughs> sit down <laughs> a probe or something. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, that's my life now. Yeah. Um, and sometimes like, you know, yeah, like, especially in the first couple of runs, like, I would do stuff not realizing that it was a bad choice until much later, and it would, and, you know, and then I would just inexplicably, like, lose, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, um, yeah, so there's, it, for being such a simple game, there's a weird learning curve, and yeah. it's still really, and I, and I just checked my time as well, I actually spent almost three hours with both of them, uh, okay. um, about the same amount of time, which is interesting, but I did feel like, um, Man, like, well, Slipways was, like, it's still, like, a full brain activity. I had to, you know, 
Um, but yeah, it it it's like it's it it it's some of the features that are included in it felt like like I keep I keep saying like the first hour of Stellaris because that's sort of what they use. Um, like they they want it to feel like it has all these systems yeah. that you're just barely getting to use, like as opposed to scaling them to feel like they belong in the shorter experience. Yeah. Um, it almost took that a little bit literally in a weird way. <laughs> um, the, the you know what I mean? Like yeah, so yeah. thinking about how far in the Stellaris tech tree I would get by the end of the game in an hour. That's how far you're going to get in this game. Like it wasn't <laughs> quite that bad, but yeah. it was some. It, it felt that way, and and because of that. Um, instead of feeling like okay, the game ends right about when I when I'm when I'm done when I've reached that one hour peak, it felt like oh that's it like <laughs> oh. yeah yeah I totally agree yeah and and it's I think it's a partly a problem and I should back up and say as well I I think both of these games a are really well made um, and b are really important in terms of the progression of game design over time. Like I'm, I'm so glad people are exploring these new kind of between genre spaces because it, it, it seems really great to me. Um, yeah. But I think both games are really well made. I just, I think it's also important to think about what could be done to advance these, like these new spaces. And, and yeah, I think part of what happened with, with, bringing what's essentially, it's like a roguelike, right? I mean, Slipways is, is basically trying to be like, here's your run, here's make whatever choices you want, you know, and, and see if you do well or die. Um, but I think part of that is that, like when I get to the end of, of a different other kinds of roguelikes, I, I didn't feel a, a little bit of that short changedness that you're describing, I think with, with Slipways. So like when I play, you know, Slay the Spire or, or Hades or something, a run feels much more kind of rich. Um, yeah, and it feels like when it when the run is over, it feels earned. Yeah. You know what I mean, it doesn't just feel like, because the timer, like I, there is a timer because it always ends on a certain year. Yeah, 25 years, I think, yeah. right? And I always, like, I could never, there, there was no ever sense of impending end of game for me. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in lots of other, yeah, roguelike is an interesting comparison because it did feel like a roguelike in a lot of ways, um, like a strategy roguelike, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never felt like, oh, because I made this decision, this decision, that means that the game's going to end soon. Let's see if I can fix it. It was just, um, yeah, that, that sort of progression between like gameplay, gameplay, over, run over, just it, it <laughs> felt. Yeah. Yeah. And faster than light might be another good thing to think about in this context uh -huh. as well, because it it um oh that game's hard. <laughs> yeah, and it's so it's, it's slipways honestly. Like yeah. in yeah, order to yeah. unlock some of the stuff, yeah. like you have to get really high scores. I was never able to get into like some of the other modes and stuff because yeah. I could never score high enough to do it. Yeah. Um, well, Joe, I'm glad that you did uh, mention you know that that you appreciate that these games have been made and I, I i agree i think that they are important and i for whatever uh you know i i just coming out and saying it i think i had more fun with dorf romantique but uh slipways was certainly worthy of a game and, and worthy of a short experience like this and uh the i, I think one of the things that got me with slipways was I don't know. I wasn't expecting it to be such a puzzle. Yeah. It ended. It ended up instead of being a a uh, galactic 
builder kind of game, um, it ended up just being a connections puzzle in a lot of ways. And I, I, I think part of that going into that, I wasn't the fact that I wasn't expecting it to be that way uh, made it a little different for me. No. Uh, yeah. A little totally. harder to access. And actually it's, it's a comparison I would make between something like banished and the Anno series. So yeah, like yeah. An Anno is so hyper optimizing, like, yeah, you know, like with Anno, you like you have to get down to like the last square of the grid, right? It's like you have, to, you know, you go online and and in the Anno series, you'll find like these websites where they're like, if you want uh, like perfect farmland, here's mm -hmm. like the here's like the sixty four square pattern you need to do, <laughs> like, and it almost is. That's the only, you know, feasible way to to to, to, do to that. advance, yeah, and to get like to get everything to work properly, and and even Banish does that to some extent, and that's why mid game with Banish. I always quit and start yeah, over yeah. because I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to build my Forester 1.6 kilometers from whatever. Right, right. I just well, want to and, throw and some stuff down and enjoy it. And once it ceases to be that organic experience yeah. and, and becomes kind of a, 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 a crunch of a pixel crunch, you know, of, or a numbers crunch of exactly how far you've got it. it it's not as much. It, well, again, it, it's a puzzle. It's not a. Yep. Uh, a builder so much yeah. anymore and um, and also i mentioned rng with Dove romantic and it is definitely like once you figure it out like that's sort of the whole thing is just how to deal with like what your hand is yeah, whereas in yeah. slipways sometimes the rng would literally just prevent you from progressing <laughs> yeah completely um like i definitely got to where like oh i'm expanding in this direction and i have this plan but then there'll just be no nearby planets or if there yeah. are like sometimes we get like five of the same one like yeah. some of the rng was was very hard to deal with well and, um, but, but come on olivia that's how planets work yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is that and this is goes back to somebody mentioned the tutorial i think maybe you did olivia um so it turns out that technology is like is crucial to any kind of success in the yeah, game. Yeah, it's the most important and, thing. Yeah, do and that so as soon as possible. You basically need to build technology producing research centers like from your first or second turn um, yeah. in order to do that. Because it turns out, like I didn't learn this to like hour five, but there are some crazy powerful technologies that mitigate all of that. And like there are technologies that make it so you can cross yep. your your beams. There are technologies that make it so you can like move planets to new yeah, places. Yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. and there are technologies that that basically let you terraform stuff, so it's a completely different planet instead of the one yeah. that it was. And all or of that use, use previously useless planets yeah, for different things. Exactly, and all of that is so cool. But it took me a while to notice it and then be like, oh right, I guess that's stuff I yeah. really need. And um, and even if you go for it, though, like even if you're like, okay, I'm on my 10th playthrough of this game. I know <clears throat> that I need research so I can handle these sort of mid to late game states. Yeah. By the time you get there and you get those cool things, you have time to use it like twice. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Okay. okay, so I guess I was a little bit confused in that conversation because I didn't feel like it was necessarily a puzzle it felt to me like a lot of the planets were arranged randomly. But now that you guys are explaining it, maybe I was right. So like, are the, are the planets arranged in a way that you can always create perfect systems or are, are they? No. Okay. okay. No, it's, it's, and that's, I think why I've, I found it initially so anxiety producing. Cause I was like, I was even just getting like, essentially 
it works in triangles, right? You need three planets usually to create a loop where all three of them are satisfied. And so, um, and sometimes you can do more, but the problem for me was even just finding those initial three planets and, and, and getting them to talk to each other in a way like that they were trading Gosh. properly, you know? And, and sometimes I was so happy with how, it, like when you do figure out like the, yeah, a really the right good, yep. order to do it, you know, the right setup. Um, I'm like, man, this feels great. This feels great. And I was expanding, expanding. And then at the end of the game, it's like, eh, two stars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, so it was a little bit of a disconnect between how it felt like I was doing and how apparently I was doing. Yeah. Because also it scores like a board game. I don't know if y'all noticed yeah. that. It's yep. like, how many of these quests did you get? How many of these quests mm -hmm. did you take that you didn't complete? Yep. And those are basically the biggest factor of scoring. That and how many planets you can get. Yeah. Be, what was it called? Like happiness. prosperous or yeah. what? Like the, you can like upgrade them by filling these very hard to reach yeah. requirements. Um, but then here's where actually I think playing the two of them side by side really showed me some crossover. Like, like how Dwarf Romantique, I think for me would be improved is if, so I loved every time in Slipways I got planets upgraded. Like, they would upgrade to like the first level and then the next level and then the next level. And I would feel so happy. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, and sometimes I would do one planet. Like I would place a new thing and like four different planets would all get like their, their boost to a new level. And I was like, this is, you know, a dopamine experience. <laughs> um, but it made me realize that, that even just a little more of that in Dorf Romantique would be so satisfying to me. Like, like placing a tile that creates like a, like a Doppler, not Doppler, uh, domino effect onto other tiles. Um, more than just like, Oh, you've placed the 17th of X. Yeah. Um, but just or, like, or a town becoming, you know, a village like a, becoming yes, a city. And, exactly. Yeah. Like they did just, have like artwork upgrades would be cool if you did a certain thing or anyway, go ahead. Sorry. The the closest thing I can think of that Dorfermentic did is the um the sort of getting the perfect tile. Um it would give yeah. you a little like perfect bonus, but it took me a long time to figure out what the heck that meant. Yeah. yeah. Um it, but even then it, it's just sort of like a little like one off like Yeah, you did it. Yeah. Well well here's Come a on. question from <laughs> a game design uh sort of uh, uh avenue. Right. Um could Slipways have been a railroad game. Would it would it work the same as say like a railroad game or a shipping kind of game? And and so. could yeah yeah uh, could from Antique be a space game for that matter? Uh, no, you don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> absolutely I would, not. <laughs> I would dislike it very much. Really, it was like a terraforming game or something. <laughs> yeah, because. Well, I think part of what Dorf for me, what Dorf from Antique rewarded me with and why I liked it was because of the calm serenity. Yeah. And if you made it into space, it would be scary and I don't know. Okay. Yeah, there's no no oxygen either. <laughs> yeah, Cold exactly. and silent. Um, yeah. But and and to be fair, like I a hundred percent agree with you, Robbie. The 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 thing that Dorf from Antique did do really nicely that I that I loved was that it it accommodated the the art was modified and accommodated to each new tile you placed. And especially with the water, I found that so, yeah. so aesthetically pleasing. I was like, when you would, you'd have like a river going and then you'd place like a lake tile and then the river would sort of funnel into the lake and you're just like, oh man, this is. Yeah, this I really like making the, the rivers and lakes. And yeah. yeah. But so My I just. My favorite want, tiles. I was, yes. I was like, yes. 
so I just want one more layer of complexity in the kind of questing is really all I I would want out of door from antique. So instead of like just the minimal, like number of X, you know, whatever. Um, I just want like one more layer of you, you can place this to create this kind of interaction, or you can place this to create this kind of upgrade or, um, for me, that would, I think, really vaulted into a place where I would want to go back to it more. Um, anyway. What if you could draw three city tiles or three land tiles? Ah, I'm just, just, like I'm just throwing lineage. ideas out here. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that what would, if you had a small hand? Of, that would of, mitigate the RNG that, that we were talking about if you had or, more than one to work with. Or what if, like in Tetris, well, I guess Tetris doesn't do quite this. What if you could see more of what was coming? Mm, yeah, because you only How see would one. That I change think, right? Yeah, yeah. You can see the one under the one you're placing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like so, just the one next one. Um, but yeah, but or, I don't. I, it just didn't feel that important. Like it didn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know because of how you have. So if you think about what your choices are in Dove Romantic, it's yeah. actually a lot because especially over the course of the game, right? Yeah. It's basically every valid surface, mm-hmm. you know, that and you every can rotation. place into. Yeah. And I do feel like the if it wasn't for the railroads and the rivers, I probably would have thought it was way, way too basic and not very interesting. Yeah. Um, Cause then you have to deal with not only what the optimal tile is, but also what valid tiles are to place. Um, yeah. My, my, the thing I hated the most in the game was when I didn't notice that a tile had one of the little dead ends for train tracks uh-huh, on yeah. it. Like on ones I got it. I like, it was like, Oh, it's a tree. It's a tree tile. Uh-huh. I'll put it near, next to the place where I'm expanding as much as possible. And then uh, there's aw. that little nub of, and I've just, <laughs> you know, yep. but those feel like interesting problems to solve. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, but, I, I agree that I wanted a little bit more of that. That this, essentially I say, I'll just say, I agree. I, I wanted there to be a little bit more of that. I, once I started unlocking like the, uh, like the water train station and stuff. I was like, oh, cool. There's going to be all kinds of interesting, unique tiles yeah. that do different things to these different areas and help you connect them in, in new and compelling ways. But there wasn't really much of that. Um, yeah. Not that there has to be, but I feel like I, I agree. I wanted a little bit more. I, I could have seen room for when you join two certain types of tiles that something new, like a totally different thing comes out of them. And you got that a little bit when you would join a, a, a six-sided water you would up up to a land area you could yeah. get some of it closed off but like for example the 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 water and railroad um i mean i could see that being where it could combine with other things and you know to have different shapes and different ways and and all that well um, it does with the water depot that's how you yeah. can kind of bridge between the two but yeah. i mean more like uh uh, m- more of a in-game meaning, like a, a points connection, or a, or, oh, or maybe yeah. a, I don't know, uh, where where combos like that, uh, doubling up combos mattered. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say the sort of um, the sort of scale of Dwarf Romantic is I found really interesting. How they'll you know they give you these quests to connect X number of tiles. Yeah. It's usually X plus numbers of a certain type of tile, but sometimes yeah. it's exactly X. Yes. So frustrating. Um, <laughs> managing those was really interesting though right because you could essentially you it's designed in a way to where you can't get away with having one giant block 
of each type of tile, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, I, you know, it's, I end up doing that anyway, especially with the forest tiles. Like, oh I my just, God, they yeah. just go because they, they require so many, you know, the, the next quests are so big. Yeah. But then it usually gets to the point where you get these little quests that are like, hey, you should stop building on this thing. Maybe you should wrap it up. Um, and yeah. those mm -hmm. were super interesting to me because the game encourages you to branch off and do all these more interesting, um, interesting designs overall mm -hmm. um but also it was hard to sort of figure out like so which am i gonna sacrifice this quest or am i gonna um you know yeah. um, so there were lots of interesting choices and and i did like those because they also they fit nicely with the numbers right because if you did cordon off like a forest the next forest quest would be smaller so that right. you you know took yep. um i think that uh, was the more one of the more like I don't know, gamey parts of like, if, if you didn't have tiles like that, it would, it would just be a very totally like freeform screensaver. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a really, a really nice screensaver. An yeah. interactive screensaver. Yeah. And it was really pretty. I mean, I, I, really yeah. I, I, and I would, that design. was very satisfying. Yeah. 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 And I would, I would sometimes like zoom out and just look at the whole thing. And yeah. it's nice when you go to the opening screen, the most recent thing you've been working on is sort of framed in the screen. Uh -huh. And so like, it's a place. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I love all of that. I just, I just think about, and, and since this is part of what we're trying to get at this season, like the, the long-term appeal for me of that game um, I think is, is pretty low. Um, mostly cause I just, there are other things I would choose to do as a, as a distraction, um, as opposed to something that felt more like it has a kind of driven loop. Um, well, here's my question then, since another one of the things in the season is thinking about the steam refund window. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know that, so I know that, you know, most of us are not people that would refund the game if we got any enjoyment of it at all at least i'm definitely not like i oh. i don't think i've ever refunded a game no me either but well, wait, no one sorry i lied oh. one i've <laughs> refunded one but I, I i wonder so if we feel like we play the whole game in two hours right as developers we know that a lot of people that maybe not a significant amount of people but some people probably play this game we're like oh cool here it, I finished it and I'm going to refund it because I played it for less than two hours. Yes. Yeah. That's um, kind of crappy. I'm and and that's one of the reasons why, you know, this, this, this season uh, we're trying to sort of critically talk about that. Yeah. Um, so do you think, so it, we talked about how I, and I agree with you that these, both of these games are very interesting, compelling, like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing good game design and that they are, taking something that's already established and already well loved and trying to boil it down and figure out, um, you know, different ways to interpret it and, you know, what can yep. be stripped away. Right. Mm -hmm. Very valuable things to do. It just as from like a professional. Yeah. Standpoint. Yeah. Um, but if as a game developer, knowing that if I made Dorf Romantic and put it on steam, um, people would just refund it. And that's a serial problem. Like, so it really is is a wonder to me. I'm glad this game exists because I know that a lot of times these games don't get to exist because yeah. there's so many reasons to just pad out the gameplay time by, you know, we, we talked about making it more complex, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like like the 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 meta progression you know need, needed really much more, but maybe some more. Yeah. And I'm trying to, you know, criticize, you know, 
myself and why I feel that way and why I feel like it feels like it's just a little bit less than it needs to be. And, I, and I'm not sure if it's related to that or not. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, I think that for me, it's about what, what kinds of things I go to games for. Um, and I, I don't, I think, and this is some a place where I think you and I differ a little bit, Brad, because I think you and really, and my impression of you is that you really enjoy games that are like, they just kind of give you a space to be at peace. Yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah and I, that's absolutely right. And, and I, I think I go to other things for that besides games. And yeah. so when I go to a game, I want something that's going to feel, I guess I want something that feels more like it's driving me somewhere. Um, even, even if that's just a little more than Dorf from Antique is doing. Cause I think it does, you know, obviously there is a progression there and there is a kind of loop. Um, but it, it, and, and I'm not sure that has to do necessarily with time as much as with the overall concept of what they're trying to accomplish, because I yeah. clearly felt it more with slipways. Um, like I felt more like, okay, you're, there's some stuff here for me to do that feels like it's in a zone that's interesting to me. And, and I'm not saying that doesn't, I feel like I'm, I'm blaming Dorf from Antique for not doing that, but the, the numbering system stuff just wasn't interesting enough to me to sustain me. Like I could see that. Yeah. So there are people though, and I think Brad, you might be one of them who like just the fact that you're making this beautiful space is, yes. is sufficient. And so that's, that's where I'm not the right candidate. It was definitely out of the two. It was more of what I'm looking for in terms of uh, relaxation and uh, that that calm, uh, calm organic build that I've mentioned a few times yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and I I just really love that. I love the feeling that I get from from putting all those pieces together. Whether I and, and it was pretty much never about what my score was. Yeah, I, I really get a lot out of well, what happens when I do this? Oh, well, this, that feels nice. That's, you know, that looks nice and that feels like I'm growing something important. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when I closed off a, a, a loop and I got the points for it, that was a nice kind of cherry on top of it. But yeah. Uh, and, but I mean, that's not to say that I didn't like the challenge of, you know, trying to critically think critically about where to put the, the piece so that I maximized whatever I was trying to maximize. Yeah. Uh, you know, the city, the view, the, 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 the points. Um, so, but I, me, yeah, it, no, well, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I guess it's sort of, I don't know. It, it's part a theory that I had while I was playing, but now I'm, I'm sort of interested. So maybe I'll, I'll pose it as like a question. If slipways uh, wasn't so, uh, so, so Dorf from Antique is very, um, uh, kind, I guess, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't like, you don't feel like you were punished at all when a game, when a, yeah, yeah. When a run is over, like, it's not like, Oh, you lost. Whereas in, in slipways, it's like, Oh, you were fired. <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. If slipways was more like, Hey, you did your best try again. And if there wasn't like a happiness meter that went down, <laughs> yeah. it was just some other arbitrary number. Would you have liked it as much? Me or Joe? Any, anybody. I don't know. I think well, I would have maybe liked it a bit more. You're, so basically, you're saying if if there was a participation award <laughs> for it, 
<laughs> well, I, I mean, that's that's a really interesting question to pose yeah. because I I'm you know I'm not even sure. You know, because part of it is a question of theme and like the sort of genre expectations, right? Because it's emulating these sort of 4X games, like the fact that, you know, there's a certain sort of level of mastery that it's it's sort of catering to, right? That players are going to want to yeah. be that person who is running an empire and is, you know, and so this is a, part of it is a theme question, but it's also an audience question, right? It's also, as we're thinking about these, as these sort of pared down versions of something trying to capture a very crystalline part of, you know, what it what it's trying to, to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do feel like maintaining the genre conventions for a game like this is pretty important because it's trying to boil itself down to what it is. Yeah. But also, I, I do feel like as as a game, as something that is it is already, you know, you're already going into it with the expectation of this is going to take me an hour and then it's going to be over. Yeah. I, I My gut is that, yeah, I maybe would have liked it a little bit more if it was just a little bit more aimed at that, of wanting you to play it, to it, wanting you to play it more so that you could gain that mastery as opposed to punishing you for failing at yeah. having knowledge, which is what it felt like was mostly yeah. the angle it so, took. No, it's yeah. true. Oh, really? Because my, my theory was that slipways, like that, that, that was like, I don't know, like a choice. Like it's more, what they're trying to do is dare the player to play more. Like they're, it's almost like they're negging you. Like mm-hmm. I dare you to be more I think interested. You're right. Yeah, no, I think yeah. they are. But I, I feel like for... I don't know. I don't know if it worked for me or not. I'll have to sort of think about that a little bit more, I guess. But because it didn't bother me really, because yeah. I mean, it's something that we get in lots of games, and um, well, and especially if we're making like the roguelike comparison, right? Like a lot of roguelikes are just like, you died, so try <laughs> <Yeah>. harder. <laughs> Caves of <laughs> like, could. Know? Caves of could. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get out of the swamp. Caves of um, couldn't. Right. <laughs> right. Caves of couldn't. So, um, sorry. Go. So, so really, the, so the the thought that I had while I was playing that I'll never get an answer to probably is, I bet that Dwarf from Antique has more refunds hmm. than Slipways does, and I would almost attribute it to the what happens at the end of your run in Slipways versus in in Dwarf from Antique, because a player gets to the end of Dwarf from Antique and they they feel fine and they almost feel like, oh great, cool, I did my best. Yeah. Whereas in slipways that it ends and it's sort of like, oh, you're right. I'm not good enough. And so with Door from Antique, someone might be like, all right, I, I understand what it is. I'll get a refund but with the other one. It's like, no, I, I failed. I can do better. Let right. me play another See, I'm just, hour. I'm just the opposite of that. I would, I would rather, uh, if, if I'm failing that quickly at slipways, I'm like, eh, that's not my, that's not really my thing. Not my right. challenge. So um, I, I feel like it's that you're probably right that Dorfromantic probably has more refunds, right? If we're just literally turning that into like a number comparison between the two games. I my gut would I'm sure that is a factor, but I bet I bet it's mostly because of how many more sort of like wrapper progression mechanics there are in slipways there's yeah. more stuff to like because like, i never i still haven't even seen like all the different technologies all the different you know stuff like that so there's there's like more to sort of uncover that l- f- makes it feel like i haven't seen the whole game yet mm-hmm. so Whereas you think in more Dorf replayability Romantic, 
Yeah. Of a sort, yeah. I mean, you know, of of yeah, more gameplay but, encouraged. Yeah. But it was Endorph Romantic. I'm like, I play it one, like literally just once. I'm like, I see what this game is. I like it, yeah. and I want to play it more. But I and know that there's definitely a subset of gamers that are like, oh cool, I played this, I see what it is. I don't, it is not pointing me to do it anymore. Like there's yeah. nothing really else to uncover, other than pretty things um and yeah. so yeah so I've, I've finished it it's under an hour or so refund you know what i mean i feel right. like it has more to do with that but i don't know that i mean that's just conjecture of course, all of this is it's a podcast no. of course no totally <laughs> um and i i think you you hinted at this earlier olivia i think it's important to say that yes i i 100 percent. so i only played 92 minutes of dwarf romantique but i will hundred percent not be refunding it because I do, I do believe in paying people for the, yeah. uh, the experiences they're giving me. Like and let's go one idea, step further yeah, and say, I mean, we want to encourage all yeah, of our listeners no, to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you know, don't refund The it. only guy I realized af don't. after the one game I've refunded on steam, um, I refunded because it essentially seemed like it was melting my, my, graphics card as i was playing it and i was like there's no way i can continue playing this it's okay that's a good reason you know like like i i feel like it will be harmful to my to my laptop if Are i you continue gonna say playing. what it was because now no. i want to know no i'm not Crisis. going to okay. um, <laughs> i'm not gonna say anything um no so but but oh there's so many good ideas going on so I want to back up for another second to um, a, a kind of the idea of of maybe also why Dwarf Romantique isn't holding my attention, and I think it also has to do with um, because because in a lot of ways I play Banished somewhat similarly, which is that I'm I'm building something that I think is beautiful. I don't really care what the score is. I'm just building a little village because I think I, it looks pretty, and I love watching the people walk around. It's like an, you know we talked about ant farms, right? Um, but it's also a little bit like when you get a big box of Legos, right? And, you know, you're just yeah. like, I don't know what I'm going to build. But then if you spend 10 hours building something and you've got like this beautiful Lego castle, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so happy that I did this, right? Um, so I'm trying to compare it sort of to those two experiences. And so part of the challenge for me of Dorf Romantique is that unlike Lego, right, it's, it's a pretty narrow. And I agree with you, Olivia, there are a lot of spaces where you can place something and you can rotate it so that there is a large space in that sense, but because the pieces are, you know, it's not like I can, I can really shape the world beyond a certain hexagonal. Um, so I, so that space is limited, right? So, so compared to, again, compared just to Lego or, or just to Banished, which has a lot more playability, like a bigger space in terms of where you can put buildings down and what you can do. This space is narrower. Can, can we agree that that's probably true? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. then, so then my brain is like, well, what else am I getting? And and for Brad, it's the aesthetic of just I think this is really pretty. For me, I want more interesting choices because that's what I get from Lego and Banished. I get mm. each new piece of Lego I pick up. I'm like, oh my god, what am I going to do with this? And what am I imagining in my head? And um, and I think that's similar with even though Banished is more constrained than Lego. Dwarf Romantique in some ways is that much more constrained in what I can yeah. actually do with mm -hmm. my pieces. Um, so, so that's, I think, why my brain is craving for more interesting, just surprises to come out of placing something. And that's because mm -hmm. I think that's where it would leverage for me more. Well, do more you think to go back? Do you think it's partly so with both Legos and uh, and Banished, 
you might not know where you're going to go and what you're going to do next when you pick up that piece, but you've got an idea of the direction that you're going in with these things. Like I know in Banished that the the very first thing I do is, you know, pause it and get a lay of the land and say, this is where my forester is going to be. This is where my fields are going to be. Sure. This is where sort of, and, and that's not to say that I know what it's going to look like in the end, but I have yeah. a bigger picture idea. And and the same with Lego. I can, if I, if, you know, I'm building th- you know, I, I put three Legos together and, and yes. I'm like, oh, it's this is going to be a helicopter. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything's Where, a lightsaber. Whereas Dof Romantique, it, it didn't give you enough of that. Um, and this is not a critique at all, but it doesn't have that same ability to look forward to where you're going as much mm-hmm. um, because you don't know when something is going to end and close. And I, I think that that's a good fine part of the challenge with it. And and a good fine part of what I liked about Carcassonne as a game too. Like, uh, I like this area that I'm building, but I have no idea what's going to happen next with you know with the rest of the lay of the land. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in a way, there was a question I, I, in there somewhere, and I don't no, know no, what the question was. So I wonder if how I would feel if Dwarf from Antique had like a sandbox mode where you just have yeah. access to all the tiles and you can oh, just yeah. put any tile down that you want. I would love that. I think that would probably almost immediately make me more interested in but of course that just feels like a jigsaw puzzle right (laughs) i guess but but i don't know like like if i could build like a really big lake and then i'm like okay how big is this lake and then i'm gonna put some houses around it well and there are other games like that there's another tile laying uh there's something very similar to what you're describing joe um and i can't remember what it's called it might be for the for ios um, but it's it's basically the same idea. You've got all these things, and you can pick uh, pick ones which ones you want to lay out. Um, so, anyway, yeah, yeah. Especially if you had something like that, where it's another idea that you guys brought up earlier, where you know, like if you have like if you have a certain number of of forest tiles all linked together, and you close it off, and that becomes one forest. Maybe maybe now suddenly you can see little. Bigfoot's walking around or something. Or you know, oh, yeah. or like if you have, yeah. a, certain, if you have a, a city of a certain size, suddenly it becomes like a sprawling town or something. Right. Or yeah. or really crazy, you could zoom in in almost a 3D perspective, a first person perspective into the forest and wander around. I would I would just I would adore that. But I having said that, that's not the scope of this game at all. No, I'm not, no, no, no. I'm, it's not but, a critique in, in any way. But just in terms of the pure emotional reaction, like some of the things I enjoyed the most about Dwarf from Antique were like when I got the boat mm-hmm. tile and then I placed a boat and the boat was sort of working the river. It it increased that yeah. kind of feeling of ant farminess. Yeah, because I it, did like that a lot. Yeah. You know, but but yeah. that was so few and far between. So then it's yeah. just like a yeah. landscape. Mm-hmm. And landscapes are some of my least favorite paintings. So <laughs> um, I like people in my paintings. Um, so, um, and I'm trying to remember, do you guys remember a few months back, there was like a game slash toy that came out where you place little buildings in water. Um, and it was like, it was literally just like buildings, like you just drop buildings down. And then if you drop them in a row, they started to create like a, yeah it's the the procedural one that kind of like yeah 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 them i I don't remember what it's called but i remember sort of watching it be developed on twitter yeah for a long time oh townscaper townscaper Mm. thank you so i think it's worth comparing this to townscaper as well um thanks olivia that was awesome that you pulled that out um because townscaper is even more constrained in some ways right it has no goals at all but 
it's totally sandbox. You can place anything you want at any, you know. Yeah. Um, and and both of them get at a different thing for me, but both of them lose my interest over time because of just a lack of of wanting. I don't know a lack of well, having something to do. Well, then, and I know at this point it's like we're we're like I want this game to be a different game. Yeah, right. Because um, like, yeah, right. like it set out to do what it was doing. Is, yeah, and it, and it did a beautiful job at it. Let's yeah. just be clear. But thinking no, yeah. about the design and and sort of if we're thinking about minimalism, like what level of minimalism feels satisfying to yeah, us, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another game I like to compare it to is uh, Cloud Gardens. I don't know if any of y'all have played it. Um, it's a game oh, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. have yep. these little. Di- like apocalyptic dioramas yes. and you're supposed to place objects and plants and let them sort of take over the environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, um, and it's, it, it, to me, that game is definitely the perfect level of, of exactly in between something like, uh, like Dorf Romantic and something like, um, you know, cause, cause it has like the gaminess because it's levels, right? You have a level, yeah, yeah. you have a goal, and you have all these tools to accomplish your task. And if you fail, it's like, oh well, I'll try again. And it, and it's and it is a puzzle because there's a set number of objects you have access to. There's a set number of, of whatever. But there's lots of different ways to solve the to solve the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about creating this diorama, however you want. If you want, you can just throw objects. Like they don't have to make logical sense. Yeah. Or you can take the time and make a beautiful little diorama where the cars are on the road and the there's stuff inside the shopping cart or, or not, you know, or mm-hmm. you can just throw it all in a pile and call it a day. Um, so um, yeah, in terms of that sort of experience, like there's definitely a lot of different ways it has been interpreted and, and the sort of board gaminess of both of these games we've been talking about is, yeah. is something um, unexpected. Like I, I wasn't expecting them to have that feel, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I forgot exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> I wanted to bring up uh, Cloud Gardens because I love it so much. But <laughs> but I think but... your point's a good one, right? Like, I and I I definitely am not asking these guys to change what they're doing. I'm I I mostly yeah. I'm just trying to make sense out of why I reacted to each why one a little differently. Yeah, yeah, and why because like I play some super minimalist games. Like like I I love. <laughs> I don't know if Have this you makes heard of me... chess? <laughs> right. Exactly. No, so go like, perhaps pretty much every Some day. No, listen. Every day, pretty <laughs> much for years, on my phone, I play like at least once a day. I'll play a game of Yahtzee. Like Yahtzee is as minimalist, like literally, right? You guys obviously know the game, right? You just roll dice and you just have to get sets of dice, like three mm-hmm. of a kind, four of a kind. That's that's the whole game. And yet, like my brain comes back to it over and over and over again as something that I find like the surprise and the engagement of just rolling those dice and making a couple of choices each time around, like, oh, I, I'm gonna keep these dice, but not keep these other dice. Um so so I think it's definitely possible to to go extremely minimalist and still create a, you know what feels like a really engaging experience. Um and I, I just think that there's kind of a range of people who, I, I'm, I just think I may not be quite in the range for Dorf Romantique. I think that's the bottom line. Like I, it, it, it's just it's too peaceful, I guess. And and there's, <laughs> I don't, it, I want. It like needs a, to at least be like implied violence in there somewhere. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> like like cloud gardens. <laughs> right. I mean, in the um, end, maybe it's just that I love when I when I build things like like Lego and, and, and cities, I guess I just, I want them to feel more alive. I think that might be part of it. Like, 
like, so just looking at a landscape for me in the end is not enough to feel like I've been part of something. Um, and, mm. and that's, that's just how I am as a person, maybe. Well, yeah. but how does that translate into thinking about slipways though, right? Yeah. Like we don't see, I mean, we see the, you know, the implication that each of these little slipways that we're building, these little yeah. highway, space highways are transporting goods to people and meeting needs and stuff, right? Yeah. But we don't, you know, like their happiness is a number, but at least it's there, you know, at least yeah. we see some representation of sort of. And I think that's a part of it for sure. Like I think with slipways, yeah. I mean, did you guys, did any of you destroy an asteroid so that the resources would go to people? Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice the little ships that carry the asteroid yeah. bits? Uh-huh. So that's a tiny thing, but it felt really like humanizing to me. Like, you know, like, oh, here, there are little people. They need the asteroid bits because they're going to turn them into, I don't know, you know crypto mining yeah. graphics cards or something and <laughs> <laughs> so they have fly these little ships out to take their piece of the asteroid and- yeah and same thing too whenever you do the uh the tech that lets you tow building or t- buildings that lets you tow planets yeah uh instead of just like moving the planet it literally like you have to control a little ship that is pulling yeah. it around mm. and i was just really surprised that that was how that was yeah. was was represented in the in, in the game mm-hmm. um as opposed to just like clicking and dragging the planet or something um, yeah. so there were lots of little touches that did make it feel more detailed and i mean and, and, and you know and, and talking about appreciating these details in the games where the sort of the whole point is the minimalism is, is really interesting. I don't yeah. know if that's us missing the point, if it's just, yeah. you know, partly just a lack. It's really just a matter of audience, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And they're both beautiful games, but I, yeah, I, I do see what you mean. And, and, and it does sort of make sense. I think why, why those things are important to parts yeah. of our brain. Right. Yeah. Yep. Totally. All right. Um, any other big ideas that we need to talk about before we, we wind down? I think we've covered a lot of good ground with the with these two uh, short uh, ga- games that were designed to be uh, short plays. Uh, I think we got a lot to talk about out of both of them. And I'm, I'm glad, I have to say here, I'm glad that we're doing the two games at once so that we do have a way to kind of compare these short experiences together and, and bounce them off each other. That's pretty satisfying too. Thanks, Olivia. Yeah, thanks, Olivia. Good idea. Um, one thing, one last thing I want to mention, because talking about the refund window, and again, I don't want to belabor this too much because we're going to talk about it all season. Um, but I think Dorf Romantic, uh, I expected it to be, um, I expected it to be a game that is on, like, oh, they released it on Itch and they put it on Steam just so it would have a bigger audience and refunds be damned, right? But after looking at it, it actually seems to only be available on Steam, um, mm-hmm. despite it sort of being designed as a short experience. And I know that the game, I guess I don't know this, I, I get the feeling that the game is more about, like, it, it wasn't really created with the intention of making as much money as possible, right? Yeah. Um, it was really just wanting to be what it what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respect that. But I just I just wanted to mention that because I found it interesting because because the whole yeah. thing we've mentioned about the two hour window being really harmful for games that want to be these sort of perfected small little experiences and yeah. and yeah. so that they still even even those games that want to be that way they have to be on Steam or no one's going to play yeah. them and yeah and that's just a really it, you know and so the fact that Steam has that that you know that window at all 
it, it is just it, it totally guides what games get put on the platform yeah. and what games get made at all because yep. of the university of platforms so i just wanted to mention that because i just yeah the, just the fact that it's only on steam is is interesting and very telling that there wasn't really a viable alternative despite cool. it not serving the game very well yeah i, I don't yep. think i realized this but until you said it but i think in the back of my mind i assumed like you said that this was that this was a twitch game uh, because it, it's got all those kinds of short hallmarks and the fact that it seems like it was made for Twitch so that it's because it's not the kind to refund. Right. Does that make sense? Um, it, it, it seems like very much, uh, what did I say? Twi not Twitch, itch. Itch. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Twitches, switches, much. itches, uh, you know, uh, I got, there's too many of those. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, in the back of my mind, it's, it's uh, very much felt like one of those kinds of, small experience games and i think that also might be why mm. i think i kind of i kind of just felt like i liked it you know mm -hmm. also a small Where correction it it's also available on gog so it's not just <laughs> steam right. so gotcha. uh, right yes but not itch so <laughs> not itch um okay well do do you have more to say, Brad, or would you like that to be your final thoughts? I think that might be my final thought. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll very quickly um, just just to kind of wrap up. I, I really enjoyed both of these. Obviously, I think I enjoyed Mo, uh, 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 Dorf Romantique a little more, but that's not at all. I think they were both great experiences for that short uh, that short game experience, and I'm glad that we we were able to play those. I think they fit very well for this. Uh, so kudos to the game makers for both of these. Nice. How about you, Olivia? Anything else you'd like to say finally? Sure. Um, I I will say it's it's part of me wants to be like I don't want to you know during the season because we're talking about two games pick a favorite, <laughs> but it's going to be hard not to. <laughs> yeah. Because you know the whole point is to talk about them at the same time and when why not. Um, but I actually have a hard time deciding which of these two I like the most. So that's um, really interesting to me. I I found them satisfying in very different ways, um, despite them having the same sort of premise of take an established thing and strip away what to, you know, but it, but it, that just goes to show the sort of different things that are fundamental to the different genres that it's, um, mm. that they are um, emulating, but I like them both. I think they're both great games and they're both worth buying for $10, playing for less than two hours and yeah. then not refunding because they're delightful <laughs> and, and enjoyable in those two hours because it's less than a movie ticket. So 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Robbie? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I also don't, yeah, I think it's just going to always end up being us pick, uh, kind of talking about our, our favorites. I liked, I liked them both and I had a good time with them because they're both sort of games about um, being in control of, you know, a big system, which just really, uh, uh, a part of my brain just really lights up at, at things like that. But ultimately slipways, uh, the system is so sprawling and so sort of, there's so many details and uh, that's a little bit too close to how I have to manage systems in real life. <laughs> yeah. And Dorf Romantic is a lot more sort of easy come, easy go kind of thing, which is more how I try to be. So I think I kind of gravitated more towards that one, but I enjoyed my time with them. Nice. Tanner, 
Yeah. So uh, I, I think I agree that Dwarf Romantic sort of uh, of the two feels more the nexus of the the kind of issue with the refund window uh, that many people have on Steam. Um, because you could just get it, try it, return it. And on one hand, that's the refund system working if it's not for you. Uh, but if somebody played it for, you know, an hour and 58 minutes and, and does that and still enjoyed it, that feels... Uh, a little, a little crummy, um, because I part of why I enjoyed Dwarf Romantic so much more than Slipways is that I used it pretty much as an interactive screensaver. So as I was making, you know, working and making builds, there's a little bit of like downtime that's like five <laughs> to twelve minutes um, that I can't uh, really use Unity. Um, and so there's there's just not a lot to do there. So I would click over to Dwarf Romantic and place tiles down and find myself kind of just uh, following whatever I felt like putting down, uh, mm -hmm. more so than the quests. Um, I didn't really pay attention to the game loop part of it. Whereas with Slipways, the, the more I played it, uh, the more I felt kind of just tricked. Like I kind <laughs> of went into it feeling like, yes, this is a, a puzzle that I can solve. And the more I played it the more i would just get pissed off because uh there's this little nexus that makes like you know eight units of humans or, or of beings um <laughs> and i need them all on the other side of the empire where there right. are no planets that do that right and there, there's not any way to fix that really um until you get i guess to the later parts of the tech tree uh but i never made it to the end of the tech tree with more than like a few turns to go. Yeah. Um, so I found that whole experience to be pretty dissatisfying the more I played it. Uh, and I played them both for about five hours. Wow. Um, and Dwarf Romantic, I is just kind of happily plopping down tiles and, and going along. Uh, but Slipways, uh, I think, just didn't, didn't vibe with me. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I, I love too that you're like doing builds. <laughs> well, it's the old programmer joke, right? My code is compiling. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no switch builds take about, you know, a solid 10 minutes. That's right. Uh, and then you got to do it all over again. Yes, so. exactly. Um, well, I, 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 um, I did like them both as well. I, 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 Honestly, I don't know if I could pick a favorite um, because I, I like them for very different reasons. Um, and I've already talked about, you know, my the things that challenged me with Dwarf Romantic, but there were things that challenged me with Slipways as well. And, and um, um, I think all of that in the end just expresses how tricky it is to try to abstract a genre, um, which is basically what both of these are doing in different ways. And, and whatever direction you abstract it, there are always going to be people who are going to be like, you know, like me and be like, well, that's not how I would abstract it. <laughs> you know, like, I would make these things important about city building, or I would make these things important about, you know, interstellar trade um, or interstellar, you know, commerce or whatever. And, and these people have tried a way of doing it, which I, I, I just want to continue to applaud. And, and um, because I, I think without it, we don't get anywhere in game design. We just keep making the same things over and over again. And, and in order to find these new spaces and, and explore them, we need people to, to try it one way. And, and that's not going to fit everybody, but, but I still think it's critical that it happens. So um, with that, uh, I'm turning it over now to Brad, I think, yeah. for next month's picks. 
next month's picks. Um, for next month, I picked Airy Calm Mind from Epi XR Games UG and Model City from GTGD Games. Um, they're both they both look uh, relatively short and relatively uh, uh, you know all the stuff we've been talking about today. Um, so yeah, give those guys a play. If you played along with us uh, this past month on the two Dorfromantic and uh, Slipways, let us know on our website or on Facebook down in, in the comments and talk to us about them or on Twitter or join us on uh, Discord. Um, look us up and we have a nice little community uh, 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 over there on Discord where we talk about the games that we're working on. We talk about these podcasts and all sorts of other good stuff going on. And that's the uh, Little Rock Games Discord group. Um, underneath us right now should be playing Plain Loafer from um, Mr. McLeod. And um, he's got great music. If you're looking for music to go beneath your podcast, he's got quite a lot of different genres and quite a lot of stuff out there in his catalog. There'll be a link for that on our webpage down below this month's entry. Um, and did I forget anything, guys? You did not. I did not this time. Good, good. This is like one of the first times that I didn't forget to say something important. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, congrats. Um, Wish us to the rescue on Steam. Yes, wish list to the rescue on Steam. <laughs> oh, that's our game that's coming out in October, right? Uh, we don't have October? an announced release date yet. No. October going to be this fall. No, no, December. The December <laughs> something around there. <laughs> one of those, probably. One of those, um, probably October. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely, it's a fantastic, wonderful game. And I, I, we don't talk about this that much on the podcast, but. I just love seeing all the updates and how that's coming together. And it's just growing into such a beautiful, wonderful looking little game. That's just really awesome. So you guys, I know you're both tired, but keep up the good work. Y'all are rocking it. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, we will see everybody on the next month's podcast. So bye-bye everybody. Bye. 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 bye.